Welcome to Culmination Back Bar Podcast. I'm Stephen Shama, your host. Uh, I think the word for the day for me is serendipity. I recently had Alex Acker on the Portland Beer Podcast from Jing A Brewing, and uh, we were talking about uh, brewing, and I thought, man, it'd be so cool to do a collaboration with those guys while they're in town. And I called Tomas Slider, the founder of Culmination, who's joining us this morning on the podcast, and said, Tomas, what do you know about Jing A? And he said, I've been there. I've drank their beer. So we also have joining us, uh, we'll hear from Tomas in a second about what he found when he went to Jing A there in Beijing. We've got Chris Lee, one of the founders of Jing A. Good morning. Good morning. And then because it's a collab and we always love to hear from brewers, we've got Devin Benware, one of our brewers here at Culmination. So Hello. Tom- so Tomas, you, uh, what did you find when you went to Jing A? Uh, well, it was hard to find, first of all, because Beijing is a very big city. Uh, I love Beijing. It's, it seems like, seems like old China to me. Lots of Lots of uh, very interesting places and interesting people and amazing food everywhere. Uh, so obviously the first thing that I wanted to do when I was exploring the city was check out all the breweries. Um, there's a, a burgeoning microbrew scene uh, in China. And uh, the only brewery that really, really kind of blew me away was uh, Jing A. And I was, I was happy as well to see a, uh, a poster in in Jing A's restaurant that a collab you were doing with Boneyard. Tony is also a good friend of mine. Um, y- your hop profiles were spot on, and I think your uh, your hoppy beers and your IPAs could could be served here in Portland. So, Chris, a little bit of background about you personally. People are always curious. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Canada, Toronto. Uh, I moved to Beijing in 2001. My family's from China, uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong. Uh, and have been living in Beijing ever since, uh, full-time ever since 2001. Uh, my partner Alex, um, we're old friends. I've known each other 15 years in, uh, in Beijing. Awesome. And you, uh, when, did, and you opened, when did you open Jing A? We started homebrewing um, around 2011, and then really kind of um, 18 months of that, we kind of moved fairly quickly into our first location, um, which is, you know, three-and-a-half-barrel, uh, brew house and double FVs in uh, in a in a bar restaurant in Beijing. Yeah, awesome. And uh, you've done got a number of a couple couple collabs, haven't you? Collaborations. Yeah, we really love doing that. Um, we started. We've done some collabs with um, other breweries in China. So we've worked with Boxing Cat. Um, we did a lychee pilsner with those guys. Um, another brewery in Hong Kong called Moonzen. Uh, we did a um, a smoked uh, sour plum uh, wheat beer with them. So we love doing collaborations. Um, and then most recently, this trip to Oregon, we had uh, gone to Ben, Oregon, to brew again with Boneyard. So it was the second part of our collaboration we had done with Tony, um, basically a black IPA with um, really strong ginger notes. And then we did an, um, a second part with a collab we did with Tonya um, from Ten Barrel. And that was um, that's going to be a very interesting beer. We used basically a koji rice that we use in one of our beers. and. Um, we're kind of working with uh, Tanya on, on the souring of that as well. So it'll be a combination of lacto as well as some bread in the barrels. Uh, that'd be really nice. Yeah. The thing that's found interesting is that I've discovered that not everywhere in the United States does collaborations like we do in Portland. Portland, we love to work together and collaborate. Uh, but it sounds like you have that kind of uh, collaborative spirit there in Beijing as well. Yeah, we really do. I mean, I think what's interesting about what we do is we love working with other breweries who are uh, doing experimental beers, who are interested in kind of discovering um, Chinese ingredients. And uh, we really like, you know, in a lot of our recipes, we're trying to infl- um, focus on uh, Chinese beers with, beers with Chinese characteristics, essentially. 
um, to slowly kind of introduce the rest of the world about what you know what, what could craft beer be if we actually use some Chinese ingredients in there. So, Tomas, one of uh, one of the things I know that you important to you is to do a, a real collab. Um, you know, I'm kind of reminded of a gin martini where someone says you want vermouth, and I'm like, just wave the uh, wave the bottle over it. And some people, some kind of collabs are just kind of we the other brewer waves, you know, as the beer is made. But you like to actually kind of get in and engage with people. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That that to me, that's the real spirit of collaboration. Which there should be uh, substantial um, thought process and. Um, uh, participation with both breweries. Kind of give and take, th- spitball stuff, come up with ideas, how you want to put it together. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what did you guys do? I'm really excited we got to do a uh, collaboration with Jing A, which to me is really exciting. Yeah. But what kind of beer did you guys come up with? I'm going to let Devin handle this. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, so what we did was we started with a, a sour base, and we wanted to kind of go in a, a Goza direction, a uh, Goza style, uh, definitely not very true to style, but we had it in mind. So went with a Goza uh, base, did some Pacific Northwest uh, late edition hops, and then we got some really nice like Szechuan peppercorns and did some coriander. And once the ferment has happened, we're going to throw in a bunch of very nice uh, Oregon nectarines. And so it's going to be basically a nice fruity, slightly peppery, kind of Asian-inspired Pacific Northwest Goza. Yeah, the nectarines are delicious right now, by the way. Yeah. So for those that don't know, what's a, what's a goza? Goza is a, uh, uh, a historical style that just recently in the last few years has seen uh, a resurgence. It's a, um, uh, a sour beer. Um, I think it was originally from Leitzbig, Germany. And uh, it had some saltiness from the salty aquifers where they drew the water. So with the sour the, from the lactic and the saltiness, um, historically they would offset those two flavors or bring those two flavors together rather with an addition of coriander, maybe like a lemon peel. Um, we see a lot of gozas being brewed around in the craft brew industry now uh, with the addition of fruit on top of that. I think last year we did a, a goza shandy. We, we added a lemonade to the to more of a traditional goza recipe, and it was quite refreshing when it hit the mid-90s. That was so good. So goza, for those that are wondering, is not the bad guy um, in Ghostbusters, uh, the original one. It's goza R. <laughs> <laughs> and goza is G-O-S-E. Some people pronounce it goes. Uh, some people pronounce it goza. Is there a right or wrong? Um, I, I've heard it pronounced both ways. Okay. Potato, right. potato. It works. Uh, so, um, have you ever, have you guys brewed uh, Goza there at Jing A before? No, I mean, to be honest, we were really excited about this one brew because um, once we started talking about styles and Goza was kind of the one on the table, we really got excited about that. It's the first time. Um, so, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be doing kind of a second part of that in Beijing and we can kind of think about how to do another spin or another rift on that, on that sort of style. It'd be, it'd be, yeah, it'd be great. Gives us a reason to go to Beijing, too. Yeah, so we're going to have to send Tomas and Devin to Beijing to finish out the part two. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, have you brewed with nectarines? Because I know you guys have done, in talking to Alex, uh, you guys have done a lot of really cool, like you did an amazing-sounding watermelon beer. Yeah. Have you brewed with nectarines before? Not with nectarines, no. We were actually thinking about doing a, um, a peach sour when we got back because it's kind of, um, you know, uh, this is the season, actually. You're getting just beautiful peaches in Beijing. Um, but we haven't brewed with this specific fruit. We love brewing with fruits. We think it um, adds a lot of complexity, some really interesting flavors. 
um, especially, um, you know, we have uh, kind of a kettle sour program we've been working on, um, and fruits with the addition of that really work well for us in Beijing. So we love working with fruits and fresh ingredients, just fresh local ingredients in general. So, and uh, Devin mentioned Sichuan pepper. Yeah. Uh, so what is that? So Sichuan pepper is basically, it's a, um, it's a spicy peppercorn from Sichuan, which is basically the western province in China. Uh, it's typically used in a lot of Sichuan uh, cuisine, um, especially uh, they have uh, what they call hot pot, Sichuan hot pot, and um, they'll put a lot of, uh, they call it huajiao, and, and it has not only kind of a spicy pepper note, but it also has a numbing sensation as well. When you eat that in your food, your, your, your lips will literally um, go numb for maybe, you know, three to five seconds. Wow, that's cool. And uh, you've brewed with, you've made beer before with Szechuan pepper. Yeah, we have a farmhouse ale. That's one of our core beers. Um, and we put some of that in there along, along with some um, local osmanthus flour. But uh, this time we really kind of wanted to step it up a little bit, a little bit more. So we um, kind of discussed it during the brew and looked at our ratios versus what we could do here. So we stepped it up. So hopefully it'll come through a little bit stronger in this one beer. So your uh, Szechuan peppercorn, uh, one of your flagships mine, what do you call that one? That's basically our full moon farmhouse ale. Full, I like that name. Yeah. Full Moon Farmhouse Ale is with Szechuan pepper. Right. But the collab that you've done with Culmination has even more than you do in your Full Moon. Yeah, we basically doubled the dosage, so that should be good. Yeah. We were pretty much figuring out the ratio while we were brewing it. We had someone at the store uh, picking up, looking for Szechuan peppercorns, and they bought all the peppercorns they had there. So. Yeah. All right, so how much, uh, how, how, how much did we make of this beer? Just five-barrel batch. So we'll have... Eight kegs, hopefully, eight or nine kegs. And I know that uh, for those listening, we're doing this a little bit sooner than normal. This beer does not yet have a name. Um, it's not yet ready, so we're not drinking it and sampling it, which is just an ache to me. I don't have this beer here on the podcast. But you're headed back to Beijing soon, and I wanted to get this recorded. I wanted to get um, Chris on the, on the podcast with us. So what's going to happen next, Evan, with this beer? Well, she's uh, fermenting away right now as we just brewed it yesterday. We're going to have to track down some of the nicest nectarines we can find, which shouldn't be too hard. We're going to add them in, uh, let it finish fermenting on the fruit, move it into the bright tank, and get it kegged off. So it should be ready in about two, probably two weeks, ready to drink for you. I know you get impatient. That's right, yes. I want that beer now. I, you know, one of the ongoing things I complain about is, uh, A, Devin puts water on the floor all the time in the brewery. He always does, and I get after him. And the other thing is they put beer in barrels and have to wait like forever to drink it. So a couple of weeks, this sounds amazing. It's a trap. <laughs> so Tomas, you've done, you have a lot of brewing experience. Have you ever brewed beer with Szechuan pepper before? I have not. Yeah, because I was thinking back in my member banks, we've done what, over 100? How many different beers have we done at Culmination roughly since we started here? Uh, what would you say, Devin? I've heard the number 70 thrown out there. Yeah, 50 to 70. It really... I don't know if we're counting, because we've done one-off kegs for festivals, like Randall Fest things, where you just are injecting a keg with tea and things. So I'd say 50 to 70 would be a safe bet. And so. we're just starting to tap into a lot of this beer that's been aging in these barrels, you see. So they might yield um, many different blends. That's awesome. So, yeah, so I was thinking, I don't remember hearing about a Szechuan peppercorn beer, so I'm excited to try this. We've done uh, regular peppercorn, but... Never the Szechuan. Excellent. Or black peppercorn and, like, pink and white. I'd like to do something with a five-spice characteristic. Uh, it's something that comes across yeah. in so much of the food in China. It's got that very distinctive flavor. Have you done a five-spice beer there? No, it's so funny. We actually were, have been talking about that as well because it is very unique to, to Chinese cuisine. And that's where we draw a lot of inspiration is from Chinese cuisine. It's just 
uh, very complex. It varies across different regions in China. So. Uh, yeah, it's a great place. It's kind of a great source of uh, creativity. Okay, so Devin, the, uh, the ingredients that would impact flavor, we've got um, the Szechuan peppercorns. We're going to have nectarines. Uh, what else will impact flavor ingredients-wise? Uh, the coriander is going to be a big one. Uh, most every goza has it. Uh, it's a really cool, like, floral, fruity, almost acts as a, a unique hop profile without adding hops. Yep, so a dumb question, of course, from Stephen. This beer has hops in it, right? Yeah, a very, very negligible amount. Uh, just enough. Uh, we've got a tiny bit of Cascade for a tiny bit of, like, kind of grapefruit. Uh, nice citrusy characteristic, but not a ton. So, Tomas, what's your best guess of the flavor profile of this beer once it's all done? Well, if we're doing... Uh a healthy addition of, of nectarines. I think we're gonna get that first and foremost on the nose, and then when you sip it, you'll get the the layered effect of uh, the salt and the pepper. Peppercorn should come in at the very end. You know, like like I was told once in a brewing class, the the best beers need to tell a story, they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. I like that. That's good. Yeah. All right. So Chris, um, what? So you've you've been uh, this your first visit to Portland? You came here for Oregon Brewers Festival. Um, I actually, I, I wasn't here for that. Alex was here for that. Um, I just had a brainwave. I'm going to actually throw this out here. But uh, with this with this batch, what do you think about taking a portion of it, barrel aging it, and then having it next year OBF? I don't know. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Just <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always a pre-festival for the OBF and the uh, and Rock Bottom, yeah. kind of uh, a couple blocks away from the grounds. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to get a keg of that in there. Yeah, I mean, just... It would be interesting. I mean, we, we did a we did a collaboration with um, with Beavertown in London, and that was the exact kind of concept. Is we have kind of like two releases on it. So there's an early release, the barrel aged portion of that, and then you have a year later, and you kind of have your second release. This is something we, we kind of discussed, but I don't know. That'd be really sweet. Yeah, we could age a barrel and then keg it off, and then fly out there and then blend the uh, barrel with a, another collab we do with you guys. Yeah. Have the kegs follow us out there somehow. If That'd be it, interesting. If it turns out really well, we could do a full batch of it and uh, enter it as the OBF beer as our as a collab beer. Yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, yeah, it'd be interesting on the barrel side too to kind of maybe even do another dosage of, of you know the nectarine, the fresh fruit, and then each, we you know we've never done citron peppercorn in barrels before. I wonder what that effect would be like. That'd be cool. I'm down to try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you tell, when you say put it into barrel, you know that's just you're speaking their love language. They absolutely think that's yeah. great. We always want to put everything into barrels. Whereas I, on the <laughs> other hand, are like, come on, Chris. What? Do you, yeah, I know that yeast infects things. You've been infected with culmination put into barrels and makes Stephen wait. Yeah. I just, oh my gosh. So uh, when this so is this your first visit to Portland? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, you get to have you got to see very much your time here? A little bit, yeah. I've been kind of uh, dabbled in the, the craft beer culture last night a little bit. Uh, went to a couple of places, really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a, the city, the selection of beer in the city. And actually, the other thing I thought was really interesting was just the base knowledge of any um, server in a restaurant. You can have a very long kind of in-depth conversation with them about beer. It's just really amazing. I mean, it just really shows how ingrained it is in the culture here. So oh, ingrained. I got oh, that. Yeah. Hey. So you're, uh, I know you're very familiar with um, Chinese cuisine, Beijing cuisine, the food that you can eat there. Food that we can eat here is a little bit different. Maybe you and Tomas can uh, tell our listeners when this beer comes out, if they're able to come get some, what should, what should we eat it with? Well, you know the cuisine for the beer we haven't drank yet. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're going to get that, uh, the, the nice lactic 
uh, sourness, which I always think goes well with uh, spicy foods, uh, especially since we have those Chezwan peppercorns in here. So maybe like um, uh, like a like a spicy uh, uh, what do you call it? It's it's more Japanese style. The the uh, yakitori. Yeah, maybe like like a yakitori. Or yeah, something. that could be cool. Yeah. That would work really well. I mean, with Japanese food, even you got the spicy yakitori, or you could even, they have the more subtle flavors from, say, like, sashimi, or, like, kind of, uh, I think it worked with seafood myself. I'd, I'd really enjoy that. Kind of the light, delicate flavors from seafood with this, uh, with this, with the sour beer would be great, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we might have to have something put on the kitchen menu just for the fun of it, just a special that would pair well with it. Uh, sounds interesting. I really like that. Well, uh, Chris, it's been uh, Chris Lee. You are one of the co-founders of Jing A Brewing there in Beijing, and I'm so glad you're important. It's so awesome that we got to do a collab with you, uh, and I'm excited for part two, maybe part three. So maybe we'll put some of this batch in a barrel and have it later. Uh, maybe we'll get Devin or Tomas, one or the other, out to Beijing, and they can brew another another edition with you. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. We uh, we love to do the right kind of to- collabs here at Culmination, ones that are actually collaborations that are going to make some really interesting beer that has a great story. And uh, I'm just really excited to check this out. And uh, the other thing that you'll, you can look forward to is that these guys, our brewers, our brewing team, uh, they kind of get, they do everything together as a team, uh, and they're going to come up with an amazing name. I just know it. They always come up with really fun, cool names for this beer. So once it's named, um, we'll add that and be able to share that with you. But I guarantee you, you'll be like, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. great. And if you come up with anything, let us know. We'll, we'll send some ideas that your way. That little yeah. ingrained pun there. Uh, <laughs> How about Devo me- Goes to China? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you for the Culmination Back Bar Podcast. I'm Stephen Chalmers, your host. Cheers. Cheers.